The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. I'm so happy to have you on board with us today. We're having double trouble today. So we had on my guest last week, Eric Bachniars, and we were talking about the art of love. We uh, ran short of time, so we're going to continue that topic today. And the, the topic is, since so many people are not in love when they marry, what makes our guest different? What does he know? What does Eric know that you don't know? He's going to share his secret, more of his secrets uh, today. You already got a, an earful from last week, but let's uh, follow up from, from that conversation. Um, okay, I wanted to uh, kind of give you a quote from Katie, his fiance, and she writes uh, on her Facebook page, you are the biggest pain in the rear. You're always late. You take too long to get ready. You are so slow at everything you do, but you do things that are dumb. But I mean, but you are the kindest, hardest working, the most caring with the biggest heart, who loves me unconditionally with every fiber, fiber of his being, willing to go to the ends of the world and back to see me happy and has no problem having less so I can have more. He makes my every dream come true. I wouldn't trade you for 50 Brad Pitts and 100 Vin Diesels. You are the best thing this universe has ever given me. Every day spent with you is a day well spent. All right. Well, I guess that twenty dollars I gave her was definitely well spent. To say that. <laughs> Boy, that really paid off. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's quite a follow-up. I don't know how any guy could follow follow you after that kind of quote. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote uh, my sweetheart, I do what I can when it's needed. <laughs> well, let's just call it. You are inspired. So, you know, I don't know if it comes from within yourself that that's the type of person you are, or I don't know if it's generated because you're reflecting off of the type of person that she is. Um, I don't know. Do you have a handle on which way it is? It starts with you or starts with her? Uh, I'm going to add to that and say that it's a combination of not only the both of us, but my family. You know, the way that I am is 100% directly with the way that I was raised. You know, I was raised uh, um, basically by mother, my grandmother, and my grandfather up until I was about 13 when he passed away. And I got to see uh, my father every other weekend. 
but it was uh, the core was was those th- those three, and they're the ones who instilled a lot of the morals and values in the way that I am today. In addition, uh, with that family and extended family on my mother's side, uh, everybody has been divorced at least once. So I think that for me growing up, it was really good research on what to do and what not to do. And even though I might be a little bit younger than some of the other listeners who've been married and has some advice for one thing or the other, I'm 37 years old, just to let you know. Uh, I think that with the time that I have spent on this earth, I've been observant to a lot of that. And then to switch sides to to the other coin, uh, yes, it does have to do with, with Katie and who she is as a person and that she is the right person for me. That's awesome. What what I gathered from last week's show is you had two elements that drove you, and you were saying, you know, be happy, and also you had a sense of seeking justice. So I was wondering, actually one of my questions was going to be, you know, do you have a role model that, that you took this from? And it sounds like you... You had three very influential people in your in your family on your mom's side that help you gather these sorts of elements and values and morals that shaped who you are so then you can become the right person when you're attracting your mate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that uh, if you look at uh, being a man and, and how to become a man, uh, I learned a lot of that uh, from my from my grandfather, uh, as well as my father, but I would say that uh, my grandfather played a strong male role model in my life, and it is in my opinion that you really need to have someone like that that's going to teach a man how to be a man and and other encompassing aspects of who I am as a person um, helped that was help supported from uh, my mother and grandmother. And still to this day, I mean, I'm over there four to five times a week for dinner. They live not too far away. And, uh, you know, we, we, we to this day have a great relationship where I, I help them out in so many different ways just to try and give back for all they did, did for me. That sounds great. I think, um, you know, with women's lib, we had the around that time, the, the 70s, we had the highest divorce rate ever in our history. And part of the reason why was because of the invention of the pill. It gave women liberty to now either, you know, continue their education or maybe start a career. They weren't tied to the kitchen, you know, barefoot and pregnant and pregnant. So, um, you know, they had more opportunities. The, the bad, the bad side of all that is they felt like since women can now put, um, you know, food on the table for themselves and for their children that they didn't need men. So they sort of denounced the guys in their, in their lives and said, you know, you know, because I have the money, I don't need you. And, you know, I don't want my kids around you, meaning her husband. I don't want, I don't want you anywhere near my kids. I can just handle all this myself. And I think the bad that came from that was the child still needs a male role model. He might not have been the right partner or the right mate for you, the mom, but the child still needs that. 
And I said, you know what, if the dad is unavailable or like physically it can't happen, you still need to bring a male element into the picture, whether it's a, a girl child or a boy child. And, you know, if it's not your husband, if it's not the natural father, bring in, you know, the grandfather or the uncle or maybe the male sports figure or the male religious figure, you know, at your uh, religious affiliation because that is so important because if you don't have that template you don't have anything to look forward to you have no point of comparison of what works what doesn't work what's good and what's not good you know I, I completely agree and I would say specifically for the male child that you absolutely need to have some type of male role model it doesn't uh, necessarily have to be the father, but it, it takes a man to teach a man how to be a man, and a woman just can't do that when it comes to teaching a boy how to be a man, and it has no uh, knock on women or anything to do with who they are or what their role is. It just has to do with the male function functionality and male development that's essential for for who they will become it, it, it just can't be done right and what comes inherent to a man because he was once a 17 year old boy himself sure. you know it's not particularly obvious for how a, a woman or a mom can can do that i mean it comes naturally for a guy so, you know, it only makes sense that, you know, the moms out, the single moms out there who are, who are listening to this show, it, you really do need to have that male presence to, like, close the circle, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, we are going to come back with Eric. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're talking about the art of love, part two. Um, please give us a call at 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. And we are going to ask, who said love? I love you first. <laughs> See you back after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 636-8128 That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown 949-636-8128 Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. 
Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're on the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on with my guest today, Eric Bachniars. We're talking about The Art of Love, Part 2. All right, uh, Eric, so who said love? I love you first? Oh, uh, I, I think it was probably <laughs> me who said it first. And, uh, you know, shortly returns by her. Uh, if I recall correctly. And is there a protocol to, to such things? I get so beaten up, you know, when I tell, tell women that they really should like back down, let the guy take the lead on this one. Cause it is an important issue. A lot of times women know right away that it's going to work. In fact, from a psychological point of view, women know in the first five minutes of meeting you if this is going to work or not. So guys are usually not that fast. Guys are usually like 90 days. So um, anyway, I get beaten with a stick. You know, they tell me, oh, it's 2016. It shouldn't matter. If a girl feels it, she should say it, whatever. Why all the game playing? Do you think it matters? Uh, I I think it does to uh, a certain extent. In fact, I heard that Women know in the first 90 seconds if they want to have sex with you. So right. uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to look at it from that aspect. But at the same time, uh, and I've been in situations where, you know, I've met someone. I'm like, oh, yeah, this would totally work out. And you are just way ahead of where the other person is. They might get there, but they just are not there right now. So as far as when is there a good time to, to say how you feel and you should hold back a bit. Uh, it depends upon how you would define hold back. I think that if that timeline is accurate in terms of those five minutes, that would probably mean you're on the first date. And if you allude to something like that that soon, oh yeah, that would definitely backfire on you, and you're going to have to hold back. But at the same time, you know, it could be a few weeks in. You're feeling it. You think he's feeling you then, hey, you know what? Uh, sometimes you have to take a chance and just open yourself up. The funny thing is is that as people, we dissect what it is to relate to one another and what relationships are and what they're all about. You can sit there and say that, hmm, I would just like to just be up front and I would like to not play the game. But 
at the end of the day and to analyze everything, because we are all playing the game, to a certain extent, you don't have the choice. Because if you try and do carte blanche and full disclosure all the time, then you're just going to have a whole lot of misfire. So as much as I'm kind of what you see is what you get and I wear my heart on my sleeve kind of guy that, you know, when it comes to relationships uh, up until meeting Katie, I still had to play the game, so to speak. And there was, I mean, I would say with Katie and I, there, there was a bit of that, but at the same token, you know, she was moved in by the second day. So yeah. by the second date, by the, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. running a little fast, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> so after all that being said, let me backtrack there a little bit. So when I met Katie, she was a flight attendant, and we met and went on our first date on a Saturday. And I think I was probably like her third choice. She had blown me off on Friday and had some guy blow her off on Saturday. So finally, last minute, she's like, "Hey, you want to go out?" So we ended up going out. On Saturday in the day, dropped her off, picked her back up Saturday night. She stayed over Saturday night. Sunday, dropped her back off, picked her back up Sunday night, and she pretty much never left. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that she was a flight attendant. And where she was staying was essentially a crash pad with about 20 people in an apartment. And all flight-type folks that are just coming and going – for the most part, no one's all there at the same time. It's a place to sleep. Mm -hmm. So half the reason why she stayed was because we had somewhat connected initially. And the other other aspect was, hey, do you, do you really want to go back to your crash pad or just want to kind of stay with me and bring your toothbrush sort of thing? It was almost like an ongoing date, and it wasn't until the middle of the following month that we were officially together and she was officially moved in. Hmm. So it was, it, uh, it was a lot of out of convenience sort of thing. Yeah, it was a combination of feelings and out of convenience. And, uh, you know, it was a rough time because I actually met her a week after I had gotten laid off. So we lived off of my savings, still had a lot of fun. But, um, you know, there's a, a 15 year difference between us. And in the beginning of the relationship, she struggled with the fact that, oh, my God, I'm, I'm 20 years old and I may have met the man that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So we had uh, an episode a few months in where she wasn't sure if she wanted to continue. She went back to Florida. We worked things out and, you know, we're looking at wedding venues next month. But, uh, you know, also part of it was when we met, I wasn't exactly honest about my age. So we had met online and on my profile, it said 27. I was 35. And even at the time she felt, felt that 27 might be a little too old. Needless to say, when I did tell her my age, it was a bit shocking to her. Could have been a deal breaker. Could have been a deal breaker. 
Could have been a deal breaker. Absolutely. <laughs> but by that time, you had already won her over, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I figured I was good by then. Uh, there was a few issues with that. We, we worked past that. But I would say, you know, some of the, the, the bigger issues we had in the beginning was just, oh, wow, her thinking I'm 20 years old. I might spend the rest of my life with this guy and I'm only 20. So, Right. Well, for those who are listening uh, at home or in your car, um, the the uh, convenience thing is something I preach in my book quite a lot. Don't do thing. Don't come from a place of, you know, you're horny, you're bored, you're lonely, or out of convenience because usually they don't make for good sound decisions. So, I mean, I'm glad it worked out for you, Eric, in your case. But usually, I tell men to not come from that place. Linda, I completely agree, because let me tell you, I've done some dumb stuff, and it's all turned out bad. All of it. This, uh, I got lucky. You know. Yes. Uh, uh, 90% of the time, it's going to turn out bad. And uh, whoever's listening, please follow Linda's advice. Don't do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, aside from Katie, have I mean, you were you know in your 30s, mid-30s, so have you ever come close to being married before, or have you been married before? Not even close. And never came close either? Nope. Never so thought you were in the mindset of, oh, I'm just going to wait till after I'm 30, you know, I'm in career mode or education mode or whatever it was you were doing. Um, was it like that for you? Uh, I would say that once I got to be around 27, I was open to the idea of finding a nice gal. And I would say from 27 to 35, it just didn't happen. It was one of those things where... Hey, you know, if I meet a great gal, I'm going to hold on to her. Not so much that, oh, okay, well, I want to get married. It's just I'll, I'll hold on to a great gal that I meet and go from there. But as it turns out, a lot of the gals I dated, they, they were nice gals and they were fun, but that was it. Didn't, want, didn't leave you thirsty for more. <laughs> No, you know, it's, there was, like I said, you know, and, and getting back to my comments earlier about having the experience I did with my family and, and realizing that all of them have been divorced at least once, uh, I, I, I didn't want to make that same mistake. And I thought to myself, hey, if I'm not clicking on all cylinders, especially in the beginning, why waste my time and why waste your time? So no matter what it was, if there was something that I just decided is not for me, I just said, eh, okay, enough of that. I'm bored. Sometimes couples go in with the best of intentions and a few years down the line, then things go awry. So uh, luckily that didn't happen to you. Sometimes you think you are, you know, making sound decisions and what have you, and it still goes awry. You know, I, I agree with that, and I want to say for the most part, I think that couples in those situations are not completely honest with themselves because I think that if you're truly honest with yourself, you realize that you might just love the person but not be in love with them and right. that things are just okay, and I guess that's good enough. Well, yeah. from my perspective, I don't think it is. Because if that's not your partner that you want to spend the rest of your life with, why would you get serious about anybody to just pass the time? I, I think that's rather foolish, and I want to say 
that in my opinion, from my experience, I think a lot of people fall into that. And from my perspective, I'd rather just date someone for a month and realize this is never going anywhere and, and chop it off right there than to go down that path of a year or two and I think things are good and either getting close to the line and saying nah or dragging it out for several years and then saying nah or even getting married and then saying, what did I do? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on this one. I think there is an honesty issue with oneself that either you had a gut reaction to something and then you decided to disregard it or, or stuff it or not pay any attention to it. But really, if you circle back to whatever that issue was, you're talking yourself into something that you should not have talked yourself into. Your gut gave you a red flag or whatever, whatever it was for a reason, and you just chose to disregard it. So it does lead back to the self, I think. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. If you've uh, just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Call us. We'd love to take your questions or comments, 951-922-3532. Or you can use our new Skype feature. Uh, Skype call me at Linda Gross 1490, Linda Gross 1490, same as the uh, station numbers. And we will, when we come come back from the break we'll get an assessment of what eric thinks men are doing wrong today You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. 
You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back to the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, Linda Gross. We're talking about the Art of Love, Part 2. If you happen to have missed Part 1, you can catch that show and any and all shows, previous shows on my archive. Just Google TuneIn forward slash Linda Gross, TuneIn forward slash Linda Gross, and you'll be able to get those. All right, Eric, so I'm sure a lot of guys are listening to this program. They're envious of what you have. Uh, and with regard to your expertise, what in your assessment, what do you think most guys are doing wrong today? Where are they falling short to where you, you know, got the job done, so to speak? I think that a lot of guys and people in general, I think they just settle. You know, I think that uh, they settle for good enough or I like you. Uh, this is good. And getting back to some of the uh, topic of conversations that we've had today about being honest with yourself. And I think that if you're honest with yourself and you can appreciate your self-worth, you will realize that, hey, that's not good enough. Not only is that not good enough, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid about being alone because being alone is better than choosing the wrong person. And I think that here in Southern California, where, where, where I live and, and you live, Linda, and uh, I think regionally has a different social subculture depending upon where you are in the country or where you are in the world. But, but especially here in, in Southern California and more specifically Los Angeles, it's very difficult to date mainly because, in my observation, the people that tend to be attracted to this area are coming here to fulfill some need or purpose from within themselves rather than moving to an area to contribute. It's a very uh, selfish motivation, if you will, as to why a lot of people come here. So because of that, you have a very high level of narcissism within the subculture of Los Angeles. So I think that that may have to do with why a lot of people, especially in this region or other regions as well, uh, not specifically just because of that reason, uh, that purpose, but they settle in general. They think, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to meet pretty good and that's good enough. And I would say, no, don't settle for that. Because it, it takes more effort to find the person that you really want. It's just like getting a job. You know, a lot of people settle because, you know, they have bills, bills to pay 
And while that is a good approach, because it usually is much easier to get the job that you really want while you already have a job, um, but, you know, they get stuck in a rut and they settle for that job or that girl and they think it's good enough and they're lazy and they don't want to do anything further about it. I agree. I agree. I think that's uh, part of the uh, compounded problem uh, right there. And uh, I think that the first step is realizing that this is commonplace and this is something that maybe a lot of people are doing. Maybe this is something that you see your friends do or maybe you've done in your own life. And if you truly want great, if you truly want – because nobody's perfect, but there is somebody who's perfect for you. If you truly want that, then – then don't be afraid to to wait and really find that person that is your is your better half. That's going to make you a better man or woman. That's 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 what I think, and I think maybe that's what I've done differently than some other people have done, even my friends. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Another thing I, I see that men do wrong is, you know, you were talking about settling. I see guys who are really are the guy and they really could be the one for her. And they get to a certain point and that's after that certain point when they won her over. I don't know if it's like after the proposal or after she's moved in or whatever timeline works for them. Then they stop trying. So the guy that would have been on a great path he figures, okay, I already won her, her over, I'm done. So they stop trying. And that doesn't work for most women. Women need to get validation, unfortunately, again and again and again, because we know that guys have a roving eye. We know that you're going to be out in public and what have you, and your eyes might go to the next girl and, and you might dump this one. So we don't like it when we don't get the validation again and again that's, that still says, I still love you. I still would choose you. I still am going to do nice things for you. You know, and, and I agree to that assessment. And I think that has to do with not just men not trying and becoming complacent, but couples in general. Because as you know, any relationship, especially a serious relationship and or marriage takes hard work. It's something that you have to continually work at. And the minute you stop, it's going to fall apart. But that's okay because in life, anything that's worthwhile is hard work. So it needs to be hard. It's the hard that makes it good. Right. And it makes you appreciate it because there are going to be bumps in the road. There, There is going to be negativity. There are going to be problems that you think are unsolvable. But that's the whole point of being with your partner is that you work through it together and hopefully you can push through to the other side and, you know, get back to a balanced life again. So, you know, you have to push through. It, it's kind of like buying, uh, you know, a really fancy car and then deciding, okay, I'm never going to have a tune-up again. Or, you know, the tires run flat. Okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, watch the the tire pressure or, you know, whatever it is. You can't disregard it. You can't ignore anything of value, whether it's your partner or car or job or whatever. Um, Eventually, (laughs) things are going to go south. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's, uh, recognizing that anything requires 
a certain level of maintenance to use your car analogy. Uh, and we can sit here and if you talk to someone and say, oh yeah, you need to maintain your car, they would, everybody would agree with that. But if you say, oh, you need to maintain your relationship, I think some people would, but I think some people wouldn't even realize or recognize that that's an absolute, it's an absolute fact. Yeah, it's not even on their radar. It should be on their radar, but it's absolutely not. With regard to the car, I used to have an assistant, and she kept telling me, like every few months, she would say, you know, I'm saving up for Cadillac because, you know, a year from now, whatever, I want to buy this used Cadillac that I saw that I really like. And I'm like, okay. So I said, there's, you know, all these different hundreds of cars. Why a Cadillac? And she says, well, don't you know? And I'm like, well, what? What is it about this car? And she goes, well, you never have to have a tune-up in a Cadillac. And so that was something that was important to her. She wanted to have, you know, a flashy car or whatever, but she didn't want to do the maintenance or the, the, the work that goes into most cars. So I don't uh, know what their policy is, but I think it, I think she was right. It was something like you don't have to have a tune-up for 100,000 miles or some ungodly number, and that's what she was aiming for. Well, but at the same time, uh, full disclosure in that if she was thinking she can go 100,000 miles and not change her oil, uh, I, I think she might have some issues. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, I don't know. Good luck with that one. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. So what do you think is a misconception about dating that either is flat out not true or that it doesn't work? Uh, I would say that a lot of people might think dating is difficult or it's hard or it's a chore or it's a process. I always enjoyed dating. I thought it was fun. You know, It's a good way to get to know people. And I think that a lot of people, they, they look at it and they approach it like it's an interview at a job. How, how boring is that? That's, yeah. I, I get to know somebody. If you're sitting there and you're interviewing somebody and you think somebody's interviewing you, how much fun is it to interview for a job? It's not. It's awful. You know, it's, it's, it's great, you know, once you find a great job and you're in there, but to sit there in that type of style or approach – it's, it's not a good way to get to know somebody, and it, it, it puts you not only in an uncomfortable uh, situation, but automatically your walls are up. I think that uh, maybe a better way to go about it is I'm just going to go out, I'm going to be myself, I'm going to have a good time, and that's all I care about. And if this person's a, a great person for me or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go out and have a good time. And throughout the process of that, if I'm being true to myself, getting back to that concept and having a good time, uh, the worst thing that happens is I have a good time. The best thing that happens is I meet somebody great and never know where that relationship is going to lead to. Yeah, absolutely. The, when I was single before my current husband, um, I kind of took that approach as well. I, I thought, well, you know, I'm meeting all these fascinating people and I, I look forward to it. Now, now, a lot of the people that I dated, you know, it didn't work out for whatever reason. Either I wasn't feeling a click or whatever, um, you know, but I had exciting, fun dates because I went in with the premise that 
this is exciting. This is fun. I'm learning something new. I'm being with somebody new. Um, I might learn something or have an experience that, that I would not have otherwise experienced had I not gone on this date. So you kind of have to, you know, is the glass half empty or the glass half full? You can see it as drudgery and a lot of work. Or you can just be open-minded, go with the flow, be in the moment. You know, as they say, I know it's cliche, but it really does work if your mindset is in the correct place before you even go on the date. Absolutely, because attitude is everything, and uh, that's going to be reflected in what your mindset is. So getting back to my earlier comment, if you're trudging in there like it's uh, an interview, uh, th- then yes, you know, you're, uh, you're going to have that mindset and you're going to give off that attitude uh, it's another interview and I'm, I'm not having a good time and, you know, why am I doing this? I mean, I remember one time I went out with this one gal and I said, what would you like to do? She said, let's just grab some coffee because I go on these things all the time and I don't want to waste any time. And off the bat, you know, you know that, all right, this is probably going to lead nowhere. And it did. I went out, I, I went out with this gal anyways, just, just for the heck of it. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was a hundred percent interview style over coffee. And it's like, you know what? This is pointless. Either you're not putting in the time to actually care to get to know somebody or you're just going on so many dates. It's almost like speed dating that I think you've lost track to what the whole purpose is. And it's really, it's socialization. It's socialization with the thought that it could lead to a relationship. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Definitely. And if you have a good attitude, attitude with dating, that same attitude can be applied anywhere. I mean, how great is it to be able to walk in a room of total strangers and just pick up like you belong, like you fit in and, you know, it's great. So the the skills that you learn from dating can be applied to business or, or other social functions. I think it's all good. It's just, you're right. It is such an attitude thing. A hundred percent. Absolutely. How many times you've heard that adage, attitude is everything? It really is. <laughs> All right. If you've just joined us, um, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're going to come back right back after the break, and I'm going to give you some tips on how men feel love. Let's see if uh, Eric has those, uh, those value points. guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way that's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. 
The law offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMAT 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're on with uh, Linda Gross. We're listening to the men's. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're talking about the art of love, part two. Um, by the way, I have a great announcement for you guys. I'm going to be. You can come meet me live um, at the L.A. Times Festival of Books. It's coming up on April 9th and 10th. It's free admission. The hours are from 10 to 5, and I will be in booth. 381. That's booth 381, LA Times Festival of Books. It's a great uh, venue. If you haven't been there already, it's not just about books. Uh, there's uh, live music, there's food, there's food trucks, cooking shows, all kinds of fun-filled things to do uh, for your afternoon, and I hope to be seeing you there. All right, so let's get back to our program. We were just talking about how men feel love and I actually have a chapter in my book it's chapter 8 and the book by the way is called Mastering Women Mastering Women you can get that on Amazon or through my website Um, and chapter 8 says that men need the following four qualities in order to feel love so Eric um, pay attention let's see if you have some or all of these if you're feeling some or all of these qualities and does that enhance you know what whether and how much you feel in love okay the first one is need in other words she has to need you in some way you have to serve some sort of benefit for her and that's how a lot of guys feel love because they feel like they have um, you know, they can add to and participate in the relationship and be fruitful. So need is number one. Number two is being accepted. So being accepted for who you are. The opposite of being accepted is being nagged, which means you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not doing the other. She's trying to change you into something that you are not. So acceptance for a guy is really high on most guys list. They have to accept that first date. She has to accept you into her body. She has to accept you on so many different levels that when a guy feels that that he is accepted, that's really when he's like at peace with himself. He really knows that this girl is legit. She's not just after me for, you know, money, power, fame, and other features that you are being accepted for exactly for who you are. Number three, being appreciated. 
I mean, guys like to do nice things, and that's all well and good, but, you know, you're not going to continue to do nice things if she doesn't appreciate you for who you are and what you do. And a lot of guys are judged by their actions. So, you know, did you remember the birthday? Did you remember to bring the milk home, you know, when asked? Did you remember, um, you know, we're both going to a certain party on a certain day? You know, so um, being appreciated for all the great things that you do and the way that you are, your kindness, your generosity, your listening to her when she just needs and needs you to lend an ear and vent about her day, you know, she had a bad day or whatever it is. So the third quality is appreciated. And the fourth and last quality is to be valued. So what does that mean? Valued means you have her respect, that she looks up to you with regard to um, you know, your values, meaning your standards, your morals, um, your principles, uh, and what you, st- you know, stand for. So those are the four qualities. Uh, how, how do you think, how do you think, uh, Eric, you fit into uh, those four qualities? Well, before I answer that, and, and maybe you can uh, educate me, how would that uh, differ in terms of the uh, the qualities that that men would need versus women, would that be universal uh, no. across human beings? No, they are. There's one set of four qualities that I have for men, and another mm-hmm. set of four qualities that women have to feel in order for women to be loved. Um, we've been brainwashed since women's lib days that you know the sexes are the same, the sexes are equal, and we should all feel the same things. But that's not that's not true at all. I mean, it, you know, from my research, and I spent years doing acad- academic research on this subject. You know, we might both start out at point A, and we might both want to get to point Z, but how we get there in the middle is completely different. Completely different. So no, they are not the same. That's that's very interesting and good to know because I don't know about the rest of your listeners, but I would think that they would, and that's 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 good to know. But to, to answer your question, uh, I think that uh, I do meet all of those qualities, uh, and uh, that uh, Katie meets those qualities for me. I find those all very important. And I think that, uh, you know, from top to bottom, 100%, mm-hmm. I, I see uh, her uh, fulfilling all those different things from, from need to uh, uh, facilitating uh, help in different ways. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, th- th- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does all of that for me. And I'm, I'm not sure if there's anything that you'd like me to go in further detail that you have specific questions about, but yeah, all all of those are met. I mean, I don't know Katie personally, but from what I gather, I mean, she is constantly reaffirming you and validating you and acknowledging, you know, all the terrific things that you do for her. So I I would say, you know, wholeheartedly a yes to these four elements. I'm pretty sure she is doing them. I mean, from what I can see. Absolutely. And then from your point of view, these are the four traits that women need, and they are decidedly different than the men's traits. Um, Confidence, that's A, number one. Women need confidence in a man like they need air. I mean, it's that important. 
and you have that in spades, so no problem there. Connecting with her, meaning that you're finding some sort of commonality. You know, you're constantly thinking of ways to um, bring you guys closer together and have a common bond, you know, whether it's through your wine tasting or through certain activities or elements that you guys share and like to do together. Um, you're constantly reaffirming that, so I'd give you good marks on that. Caring. Um, the, the guy has to, has to give a rip. If he doesn't give a rip, that's not your girl. So you have yeah. to care about your partner. You know, almost to the point of if you're hurting my partner, you're hurting me. It almost has to be that kind of stance because now that you are a unit, you're kind of inseparable and you wouldn't do something to be disrespectful to your partner um, because in essence it would be, you know, uncaring of you and, and it would come around to, to hurt you in the end. And last but not least is uh, consistency, Sometimes, meaning that you're walking the walk, talking the talk. Uh, sometimes I call consistency character. So again, it speaks to your values and morals and, you know, do you say, say what you're going to say and mean, you know, mean what you're going to mean. It's, it's like the two things. There's no guessing games. She knows exactly where you stand on certain things. And I would say uh, the answer to that is uh, I, I definitely meet those needs for her. And from my perspective and my background, the reason why is I was trained, and I mean trained by the best, mom and grams, <laughs> mom and grams did a good job. So all of those needs that, that I have been able to, to meet for her as, as identified uh, by you, the expert, as necessary for a female – it's because of my mother and grandmother. That that sounds great. That sounds great. What happened with your the dad side of the family? Well, my parents divorced when I was young, and my, my I saw my father uh, every other weekend. Uh, yeah. But as far as that side of the family, there wasn't much of a relationship. Uh, j just really with my father. So that's why most of my identification is with uh, my mother, uh, my mother's side of the family. That sounds great, and I think you had the sensibilities of your of your from your grandma because you were saying that grandma and grandpa had a good relationship. So, good uh, techniques to learn. All right, everybody, it was great to have you here today. Uh, listen to us next time. We're on every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Have a good day. We'll see you next time at the Men's Advocate Show. <laughs> 